Welcome to Glass Talk, Canada's podcast for the architectural glass industry. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Glass Talk. I'm Pat Flannery. A little something different today. I was lucky enough to have an interview uh, last week with uh, Monty McNaughton, the Ontario Minister of Labour, Training and Skills Development. Uh, Mr. McNaughton was announcing the creation of Skilled Trades Ontario, uh, the uh, apprentice and uh, skilled trades regulator that will be replacing the former Ontario College of Trades. Um, Monty and I had a, a very good discussion, and uh, but he only had 15 minutes for us. So uh, I followed that up with a panel conversation about his uh, remarks and about um, skilled trades uh, development and uh, uh, promotion in Ontario generally uh, with Ian Howcroft of Skills Ontario. Uh, that's an organization that uh, is dedicated to attracting young people to the trades. Uh, also with uh, Brett Lucier of Provincial Glass in London, Ontario, and Angelo Cairo of Stovall Glass in Stovall, Ontario. Um, lots of great insights from uh, all of those guys and uh, a very good conversation with uh, Minister Monty McDonald. So please enjoy this uh, episode of Glass Talk. I am joined by the Honourable Monty McNaughton. He is the Ontario Minister of Labour Training and Skills Development. Minister McNaughton, thanks so much for joining me. Well, Patrick, great to uh, talk to you again. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're you know we're, we've got to uh, we've got to speak to uh, the contractors and the uh, and the skilled trades uh, pros across the country here and across uh, Ontario about uh, about some of the the, the the big announcement today. Why don't you uh, just start us off? Uh, quickly with what what has the change been with the uh, ending of the Ontario College of Trades as Ontario's, uh, I guess, apprenticeship and skilled trades regulator and the launching of the new uh, skilled trades. Is it skilled trades Alliance or skilled trades Ontario? We're calling skilled it. trades Ontario. Right. OK, tell, tell us, tell us, I guess, in a nutshell, uh, what's happened here. Well, Premier Ford and our government's on a mission to get more people uh, into the skilled trades. These are great opportunities uh, for people out there. I mean, we all know people in the trades making six figures, many with defined pensions uh, and benefits. As well, if we want to build infrastructure projects on time and on budget, we need the labor force uh, to do that. Everything that uh, I'm doing is really built around three pillars. Uh, ending the stigma around the trades, uh, simplifying the apprenticeship system, and getting uh, employers and contractors to bring on uh, more apprentices. What we announced today with the new agency, Skilled Trades Ontario, is really built around that second piece uh, to simplify the apprenticeship system. And it's a it's sort of an arm's length agency. It's it's not actually in the ministry. Is that would that be the correct way to look at it? Yeah, it's a. Uh, a real small government uh, approach. It's going to be a, a nimble uh, one-stop shop uh, for tradespeople and employers. Uh, it is uh, an arm's length uh, agency of the government. We announced uh, an 11 member uh, board today to oversee Skilled Trades Ontario. Contrast that to uh, OCOT under the Liberals and they had uh, more than 20 people on the board. Mm, there you go. We'll get into more of that in a minute. Um, the um, One of the points that came out uh, uh, in the press uh, conference today, uh, that I thought was uh, uh, very interesting was 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 your focus and your 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 
well, your focus on uh, the marketing and promotion of the trades, uh, which uh, is probably an element that has been missing, uh, I think, in a lot of past uh, efforts in this in this regard. And, and I think the need for that was illustrated. One of the questions you got was, doesn't everyone already know that the skilled trades are a great job and and and, and make six figures and all the rest of it? Uh, I, I thought your answer to that was bang on. And I would agree with you that, that actually it's not. Uh, and uh, it, talk talk to me a little bit more about, in your view, uh, why, why that's such a critical component of what you're going to be trying to do. Well, I've been really clear. I mean, governments of all stripes over the past couple of decades have seemed to push, you know, every kid into a university pathway. You don't have to go to university to be successful. There are other career opportunities out there. Uh, I, I talk proudly about the skilled trades. I, you know, I, I grew up working with people in the trades in our family hardware and lumber store. Uh, there's more than 140 different trades uh, to choose from. And we really have to end the stigma around the trades to uh, tell parents and educators like guidance counselors and young people about the great opportunities uh, in the trades. We all know people uh, in the trades that have started their own business or they like the trades because they can travel the entire country and work. So there's a lot of positive elements, not just the pay. Yeah, absolutely. Entry into owning your own business. Uh, uh, as I think one of the one of the good lines you had in the in the conference was, uh, you know, once you've got a skilled trade, you've got a job for life. Uh, pretty much, you know, it's 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 immune to uh, to a lot of changes that are out there. It's it's certainly something that uh, we need to let uh, we need to let the kids know about. Um, the one one of the other points that I picked up on was um, the uh, the inspection regime. Uh, the, there's going to be a, a clearer line of difference between uh, what Skilled Trades Ontario does and uh, and what uh, the ministry does. Uh, basically, the ministry is going to be looking at oversight and enforcement. STO is going to be looking at uh, the actual regulation, the training, the promotion, uh, some of those things. Um, give me a give me a little more detail on on what's happening with inspections and enforcement of uh, of the certifications for for apprentices in the trades. Well, that's all being handled by the Ministry of Labor, Training and Skills Development uh, inspectors. Last year, we hired uh, 100 new inspectors, so it brings it the inspector to the largest in in provincial history. One of the problems with OCOT. Uh, quite frankly, was their uh, inspectors. It became very politicized. Uh, so we closed down the Ontario College of Trades or OCOT on December 31st and moved the uh, compliance and enforcement over to the Ministry of Labour inspectors. So they're going out, you know, checking obviously that workplaces and job sites are safe uh, and uh, they'll be responsible for compliance and enforcement of the trades. Kind of similar to the um, safety regime, right? You have the, you have the agencies that, 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 issue safety certifications and, and make the regulations and tell people what they should do. But when it comes to enforcement and investigating uh, uh, things that have gone wrong, it, that, that falls back to the ministry. It, it, similar along those lines, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the Ministry of Labor inspectors, um, you know, are, are well thought of. They're, you know, nonpartisan, nonpolitical. I mean, they, they do a good uh, job. And I really want, you know, the agency's focus to be on uh, streamlining uh, apprenticeships. I mean, under OCOT, it was taking 60 days to register uh, for an apprenticeship. We want that down to uh, a matter of days. It's things like that. And of course, we already talked about the promotion and marketing uh, of the trades to really drive that message home to parents and educators and young people about the career opportunities awaiting them. 
Well, I'll echo you that you hear you hear again and again in the in the industries that uh, that that the cumbersome nature of the uh, of the of the apprenticeship and the certification process has always been a major stumbling block. It's why so many uh, 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 apprentices are running around and, and don't get their tickets for years and years because it's just too much. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's 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 definitely an, an advantage to be had there. Um, now the 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 new face of uh, of the STO, uh, well, I don't know how new he is, but uh, uh, Mike Sherrard, I believe it is, um, was uh, was was also on the call, and uh, and he made an interesting point um, that um, that decisions to uh, certify and decertify uh, uh, industries and trades uh, were going to be taken uh, uh, very thoughtfully. Uh, it sounded like there's a. Uh, it sounded like there's a. Well, uh, tell me if you agree. Uh, is there a bias here towards not bringing more trades uh, underneath a regulatory regime, not designating more mandatory trades, uh, or or was I reading that wrong? Well, this is something that the STO uh, agency will will certainly uh, manage. I mean, they committed, and something that I've done uh, as minister for the last three years or so is to do consultation with uh, business, labor, you know, workers. Uh, I think that's uh, most important. And I know they're going to move forward with setting up uh, advisory committees made up of people uh, in the industry, inc uh, including tradespeople. Um, we did port over all 144 uh, trades as they currently are uh, to Skilled Trades Ontario. But again, a lot of work. I mean, the main priority right now is to get it launched. We've got the new leadership team in place and the new digital portal, which is going to be really part of streamlining and simplifying the apprenticeship system. In in your view, are there are there trades in Ontario that should be um, that should be mandatory that are not at this time? I, I'm sure. I mean, we are you know pushed from different groups to uh, classify prof certain professions as as trades, but. Uh, to be honest, uh, you know, my, my focus again is being getting this agency launched and, and really pushing that message to end the stigma and also pushing employers to bring on apprentices because mm. we do need those people to get the full scope of the trade and, and the hours so they can get their apprenticeship to become a, a journey person. So that's been uh, my focus, but there's still lots of work to do. Well, that's probably a good answer because getting everybody in an industry and in a trade to agree on the same answer to that question is pretty much impossible anyway. So there you go. Um, uh, there was some mention of fee changes. I believe uh, there was a, a, a elimination of uh, licensing fees and halving for fees for a journey person. Do I have that right? You're right. Yeah, we eliminated apprenticeship fees and we cut journey person's fees in half. Okay, that's that'll be popular. Um, the, um, now there, there's been, uh, you referenced before, uh, and, and, and we heard it again and again over the years, uh, uh, uh I'll admit, I never really, uh, uh understood the, 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 very nuts and bolts of the whole thing, but there's been a lot of comments about the past governance structure of the, of the, of the, of the Ontario college of trades and, and how that was, I guess, just a, a more or less permanent barrier to, uh, to, to improvement of that organization. Um, uh, you mentioned the size of the board. Is, is that all it is, or are there other things that uh, that that have changed there that are that are going to make this, I guess, more responsive, more nimble, all the all the things that you want it to be? That's exactly you know how this agency is going to be uh, run. I mean, it's my uh, you know my my focus has been to create this small government uh, approach. Um, I didn't want it coming back uh, in the bureaucracy here at the ministry. I think it's best to have. 
um, experts and uh, a board with the right competencies and skills uh, to manage this, as well as to consult uh, with stakeholders. I know one of the problems uh, under OCOT is the uh, training standards and curriculums hadn't been updated for many, many years. I've heard of some trades where it's been a, a decade and a half since they've had an update. Uh, technology's changed a lot. I mean, a lot of things in these trades have changed. So yes, we want a nimble, responsive, small government approach uh, to the skilled trades. Yeah, I thought that was another great point was was the focus on training. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's just been, it, it's kind of hand in glove with, with the whole apprenticeship idea is that there has to be a strong training component to it. And, uh, and, and a lot of times those two functions were sort of separated and, and, and one thing was happening over here and then the apprenticeship thing was happening over there. Um, talk, talk to me a bit about the focus on training under the STO. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, incredibly important. Uh, I said today, we're spending $1.5 billion over four years uh, on apprenticeship and training and, and getting people into the trades. That's $1.1 billion more than the former government. So that's how much of a priority uh, it is for us. Um, so again, that's one of Skilled Trades Ontario's top priorities is, is to look at training. We've got to move quickly on that to make sure that uh, it's modernized and, and responsive to industry and, and the trades. Well, listen, uh, we'll be watching developments closely. It, uh, it sounds like uh, uh, it, the, the, the great thing is that, is that the focus is there from you uh, and, 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 and your ministry has, uh, has obviously been uh, uh, very passionate about the skilled trades, I, I think, ever since you got in. So that's, uh, that's, that's a nice thing to see. Uh, on a, on a, now for something completely different, as Monty Python used to say, um, the, uh, there was a big announcement also, uh, I guess it was last week, about the WSIB. Uh, new leadership at the top, uh, and some interesting comments from you about the uh, desire to uh, get out of that Front Street location, or, or at least some of it out, or something. And uh, and and again, I guess I, I guess I can streamline and 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 focus down that organization. Tell me first of all why new new leadership was needed at the WSIB. Well, I, you know, I thanked uh, Elizabeth Whitmer, who's been the chair of the WSIB for uh, better decade now. Uh, they've done incredible work getting rid of the unfunded liability and really bringing the organization uh, to the best financial health in its history. But it's important to continue driving efficiencies and change. That's why I've appointed a, a new board chair and a new president and CEO. I think there's a lot of opportunities to really create a, a better system for workers and also a better system for employers. One of the things I've tasked uh, the new leadership at the WSIB uh, to do is, is look at their outrageous real estate footprint. I mean, you know, part, part of the one, one of the departments uh, at the WSIB on Front Street is a, a call center. Do we really need to have a, a call center in the most expensive real estate uh, in the country? And I think it's important that we look at alternatives. And again, just to have it run more efficiently and better will be good news for workers and employers. Yeah, I, I, I imagine a lot of the people uh, employed there might appreciate not having to go to downtown and go and live in downtown Toronto. Uh, uh, anyways, it seems like the kind of work, a lot of it that could be done, uh, you know, elsewhere, even from home, uh, a lot of it. Uh, yeah, and as I said, I mean, there's over $6 billion in surplus funds at the WSIB. Yeah. We need to ensure that um, we're returning money back to businesses, especially now those 
small, safe employers along Main Street that's been obviously impacted by the pandemic, and also to ensure that we're there to protect injured workers. Well, thank you for that. Uh, Minister Monty McNaughton, thank you so much for uh, for joining me and uh, answering my questions about uh, STO and, uh, and the WSIB. Uh, a lot going on over there, and we'll be uh, watching with interest as things go forward. Great. Well, Patrick, great uh, talking to you again, and I wish you all the best. Okay, folks, you've heard from uh, Minister Monty McNaughton, and uh, I do thank the minister very much for joining uh, for joining us here on uh, Glass Talk. And uh, now we're going to just have a little bit of a, a bit of a roundtable discussion, uh, uh, CNN style, I guess, uh, with our uh, our expert panelists uh, who have uh, who have great things to uh, great things to say about what we just heard. So joining me uh, right now is uh, Ian Howcroft from uh, Howcroft. I got to say that right from Skills Ontario. Uh, Brett Lucier from uh, Provincial Glass here in London, Ontario, and Angelo Cairo from Stogo Glass. So um, I think to, to get things started, we'll just go quickly uh, around the horn and have everybody uh, introduce yourselves and, uh, and uh, tell us, uh, you know, a little bit about, uh, about what you're doing these days. Uh, Ian, let's start with you. Thanks uh, very much, Patrick. Glad to be here. Uh, as you said, I'm Ian Howcroft, and I'm the CEO of Skills Ontario. Uh, we've been around for 30 years, and our raison d'etre is to promote skilled trades and technology careers to young people. Uh, we do that in a variety of ways by going into the schools, holding contests, uh, delivering workshops and camps, uh, making sure young people are aware of what the opportunities are, reaching out to parents, and trying to be a conduit to connect uh, young people with opportunities, businesses with uh, with potential labor markets and making sure people are aware of what the realities are about a career in the skill trades and technologies in 2022. Uh, there's a stigma, there's a lot of negative thoughts perhaps that uh, shouldn't be there. And what we're trying to do is get that clear picture out so that people are considering all opportunities when they're in school and not discounting uh, what could be an excellent career for them because they're not aware of what those opportunities are all about and what the realities are. Yeah. And as you know, that's, that's great work. And as, and as we heard in the, in, in uh, Mr. McNaughton's comments, um, it's going to be critically important because, you know, that that, that marketing and, and, and outreach end of it is going to be important. So we're, we're going to circle back to that for sure. Uh, Brett, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Patrick, great to, great to be on. Great always to talk to you. Um, uh, Ian and Angelo, great to be part of the uh, panel with you. Um, Brett Lucier, Provincial Glass Amir in London, Ontario, as you mentioned. Uh, we like to say we're a one-stop shop a glass company where we handle residential and commercial uh, as well as service. So uh, we offer 24-hour service, which uh, these days, as most glass companies, we're, uh, we're pretty busy uh, with, uh, with the pandemic and things like that that have uh, been happening. So uh, no shortage of work right now, but uh, very excited to talk more about uh, Skilled Trades Ontario. Yeah, I have a lot of guys telling me they're embarrassed to admit how much business they've picked up in the pandemic. <laughs> so it's uh, it hasn't been a, it hasn't been a uniform uh, it hasn't been a uniform experience for sure. Angelo Cairo, last but not least, uh, tell us uh, tell us all about yourself. Uh, thanks, Patrick. Um, yeah, so Angelo Cairo from Stouffville Glass here in uh, the Northern GTA, uh, family business, second generation, established in 1979. Uh, Primarily uh, ICI work these past uh, decade or longer um, was a, a non-union glazing contractor converted over to a unionized glazing contractor in 2017. 
um, based on this exact panel conversation, I believe that was my motive to uh, going to a unionized workforce uh, to be able to tap into many different avenues of apprentice, pre-apprentice, hammerhead, community benefit type uh, resources uh, for labor. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, I've been in this business all my life and uh, thoroughly enjoy it. I used to sit on the board uh, as a president for the Ontario Glass Metal Association. And then, uh, and now currently I'm sitting on the board for the AGMCA, which is the unionized owners uh, bargaining unit for uh, the union against, against the union, I guess you could say. And uh, yeah, I'm very active in the industry and, and uh, always trying to promote our industry and uh, just constantly improve what we do. Yeah. It, it, you know, uh, wow. What a perfect group of guys to have on to, uh, to make some comments on this because uh, you know, I I've had discussions, I think with, with all of you about uh, you know, the, this, the state of uh, uh, getting skilled trades and, and, and getting especially uh, uh, commercial glaciers, which is who we're talking about uh, predominantly here uh, installers and, uh, and uh, uh, glaciers in the, in the glass market. And uh, Angelo, I am, I'm, I'm going to, I want to stay with you for a minute just to talk, Talk, talk to us a little bit more about the connection you see between uh, the, the, the trades, uh, uh, getting workers, getting the people you need uh, to do the work that we have in our, in our glass companies, uh, and, and your decision to, to, to go unionized. How, how, how in your mind is, is, is that connected, and, and did you think that was going to help you? Well, you know, this, the stigma of going unionized is once you're in it, you're in it forever. And... Uh, you're going to take that to your deathbed and, and all those negative connotations of the union, the workforce, the, the lack of motivation, all those negative things. And uh, the reality, <laughs> the reality is, is we were subcontracting probably 95% of our work out anyways. So to non-union uh, companies who were charging um, a good chunk of money to do work, and then having to realize that the quality of work wasn't there, um, they would disappear. All, all those opposite effects of trying to, you know, fix your pricing on a job, then you're going back to fix everything. Not to say that it wouldn't have happened um, with the union guys, because I used to subcontract unionized labor and get the same result. So um, it's not really a union, non-union at the beginning, but I started to notice there was a, a closer... Uh, correlation between just subcontracting labor period and everyone wants to be a subcontractor where um, you know I really thought joining the union was a make or break deal either we're going to make it work or we go back to I grab my toolbox myself and go do the job myself like <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of where I was at like are we gonna do better and can we do better and if not then you know what, we're going to go back and I'm going to cut glass myself and, and go mm. install it. So made that decision in 2017 because the workforce was, was uh, very un unqualified where I was looking. Uh, not to say that there wasn't quality workers out there, but I would say very unqualified. And um, I needed to control my own destiny. And um, the, what I was paying these guys as a subcontractor I rolled the dice and I said, you know, if I have to pay these guys X amount of dollars, I could take this much longer if I employ them 
uh, and still be at the same result. At least I can control my own destiny. If these guys are charging $65 an hour, I could, I have, I could, mon I could manage that myself. They were charging $75 an hour as a sub, which generally they are now 75 and 85. Right. I have an hour and a half that I could take, I could take 50% longer and still be at the same result at the end of the day. So hmm. um, I took that, I made that decision. I said, let's do it. And I haven't looked back since my, my bottom line hasn't been better uh, since making this, this decision. So, you know, the, the negative connotation of being a unionized uh, workforce is, is not there. The, the health and safety and the training and, you know, going to, going to the hall and asking for specialized workers, whether it might be a, a, a glass door or a silicone guy or someone that's worked on big unitized walls. I have that, I have that opportunity now. Now, you know, you're not going to always go to the hall and pick off the list, um, but you're definitely going to start to build your, 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 your labor force. And you're going to know who to go to and who's good and who's good at what and the positives and the negatives to each one of those workers, but you build your team and it's just like building any other team. Um, you, you have some good ones and you have some duds and, and you just keep on improving from there. And it's been a great experience, hmm. a really good experience. And I wouldn't look back any longer. And, and hence the reason why I'm now promoting the union. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. We're going, we're going, uh, we're going kind of backwards into this because uh, you, 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 you came up with a, with a, with a certain solution. And I guess, I guess the question we're supposed to be looking at here is, um, uh, uh, did we see anything in uh, McNaughton's uh, announcement in the, in the creation of Skilled Trades Ontario that, uh, and just staying with you for a minute, Angelo, did, did, <laughs> did, did you see anything in that that might have changed things for you in the years leading up to deciding to go, to go to the union? And maybe, maybe you would hope that it wouldn't, but, but you know, did, did, did you see anything that, that had this stuff been in place there would have been a better scenario for for apprentices and and and, and regulation of uh, of the trade in the, in the province. I think uh, uh, Ms., uh, Minister McNaughton is an excellent uh, MPP MP uh, for the labor the skilled laborers. He has done nothing but good things for us, uh, bringing on uh, revamping the, uh, the the skills training center. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we have the pre-apprentice. We have the hammerhead program. We have what's called the community benefits. So we have access to so much uh, labor. And when these people, when these pre-apprentices, the apprentices, and these hammerheads, and uh, and come to your job site, they are fully trained in their health and safety. And, and if you've seen. Uh, a contract for many of your any contractors these days you have maybe an an 8 to 20 page a, a 1 to 20 page uh, contract which is your con contractual ob obligations and then followed by 50 pages of health and safety requirements so the the job is not uh, just to do the job it's also to be able to do it safely which i am uh, I, I absolutely I'm ecstatic with the amount of training that they have when it comes to that. Hmm. Good stuff. 
Brett, let's get to you. Um, your uh, your impressions of, uh, of of what the minister said, and I guess branching off on anything that Angelo said. Yeah, uh, well, full full disclosure. Actually, I, I've known Monty for uh, personally for well over a decade, um, and uh, I've basically been a supporter of his uh, for even longer than that. Um, so, again, I, I I see what he's doing as a um, I think a great thing for Ontario. Um, and a great thing for trades in general. I mean, his idea that, uh, you know, streamlining the apprenticeship system is great. Um, getting rid of the Ontario College of Trades, great. Um, I'm kind of in the wait and see how this is going to affect me role right now. Um, I know um, Ian uh, mentioned uh, that uh, his organization does training within the schools. I'm interested to kind of see how that uh, kind of works because I know myself, uh, yes, finding good skilled trade guys has been difficult. Um, I've hired both union and non-union uh, employees in the past. Um, I have I've not had luck, uh, as Angela has, with the, the union aspect of it. Um, but again, that's I can see the advantages and, and disadvantages to both. I mean, I think, yes, obviously the union... It's great for manpower and the great for, uh, you know, taking care of a lot of the health and safety aspects that he mentioned, you know, let's fall arrest or Wemis or any of that type of stuff. But in our industry, I'm not seeing a lot of um, training, obviously uh, getting these um, um, high school students and college or university students um, trained in our industry. Um, I'm not seeing that yet. Now, again, uh, our industry is not one of the compulsory um um uh, trades but definitely something that uh i think needs to be discussed because i know obviously we're putting up you know two three four-story buildings and curtain wall and they're really should be regulated as far as i'm concerned because if there's no um you know trade requirement behind it um it's pretty scary um and again i know uh again like i said uh i i see uh, what angelo's saying and uh um i have not had that same experience but again to each their own and different uh different areas of the country i'm sure is, is different as well too i know uh out west is definitely a, a lot different than uh here in ontario and and uh, southwestern ontario as well so mm -hmm. again i see the advantage and again I, I i agree with what monty's doing i think it's great uh i think a lot of the employees that uh, i have had uh is getting them young and training them how I want them to be. Um, I want most of my installers to be well-rounded. I want them to be on a site, start the site, finish the site, um, not have to send in different crews to start different seg segments of a job. Uh, you know, one to stand up a curtain wall, one to glaze a curtain wall, one to do doors and hardware. Um, I want my guys well-rounded. So uh, I like to hire them young, put them with someone experienced and build them up from there. So, um, I like the idea of getting uh, younger people in there and I've had more success that way from uh, building people up ourselves. Um, but getting people interested in the trades is going to give us more uh, people to choose from, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that it, I think we're going to come back to that point on, 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 on the mandatory, mandatory trade uh, is it, isn't it? Um, the, um, you know, we had an incident in London recently where a small uh, child fell from a, a high rise, uh, because, uh, somebody had left too much of a gap 
uh, on a balcony. Uh, and uh, it was just the kind of error that anyone who had any idea what they were doing uh, uh, really would not have made in my view. Um, but uh, it happens. And so it makes you wonder why, you know, somehow there's a somehow that somehow this doesn't have to be a be a regulated trade. But I I don't want to get for I got to get Ian in here, um, and uh, and I want to uh, I want to talk a little bit Ian uh, with you. Uh, uh, Brett mentioned the importance of uh, uh, of young people coming in. Um, did you see anything in uh, in in McNaughton's approach that is going to uh, uh, help us to get more people uh, involved in uh, in uh, particularly commercial glazing in uh, in Ontario. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and I watched Minister McNaughton's uh, announcement, and I listened to the, the podcast, and I agree with what the minister was saying. I, I think, uh, as important with what Minister McNaughton's been saying, he's also been delivering, uh, and he's been taking a lot of actions to deal with this. Yeah, I think he has a personal interest and a personal passion for getting more young people aware of what these opportunities are all about. Uh, we have had an, an excellent working relationship with, uh, with him, his team, and the ministry in getting that message out and doing more things to engage young people in the trades, in technology careers. Uh, as I say, we go into the schools, but we've been able to uh, develop an app that we just launched a couple weeks ago for young people. Go on, download, go to the Apple Store, download the app, and do an assessment as to what your interests are, what you might want to explore. There's careers on there. There's trades on there. Uh, I can't speak if there's a Glazier career on there, but I'm going to look into that, and we'll see if we, if it's not there, we should get it on the app. Uh, so the minister's interest in, in skills is really, I think, helping move the issues forward. So I was really uh, pleased to see the announcement on Skilled Trades Ontario. Uh, the Ontario government has been a partner of ours for, for 30 plus years now. They were there when we started and uh, they're, they're there now and even more uh, engage matters. So I'm, I'm really pleased with, uh, with the announcement and what the minister has been able to support thus far. I think we have uh, huge challenges ahead of us because the workforce that we have is aging. There's going to be more people retiring and leaving the workforce than are entering it. So it's important that we maintain this momentum. Uh, we're also dealing because of the pandemic with certain shortages and other issues. Uh, but I think one thing the pandemic has done, it's allowed us to highlight what some of these important jobs are. Uh, it's given us a better understanding of what frontline workers are dealing with, what uh, manufacturers, what construction uh, is dealing with and why we have to make sure we support that. And it's also allowed us the opportunity to highlight some of these opportunities for young people and highlight it to parents so that they're not discouraging their kids from looking at a skilled trade career, but they're actively promoting, hey, you should look at this as an opportunity to, to build a career, to build a life. Uh, and uh, getting a skilled trade or technology career opens many, many doors. So uh, I'm, I'm pleased with the, the direction the, the ministry has uh, been going, the support that it's been providing, and the actions that the Minister McNaughton has taken, which has allowed us to do a lot more and to continue to build. Uh, talking with a bureaucrat uh, a while back, uh, they had described Skills Ontario as kind of Switzerland. It's a safe place. We invite everybody in. Uh, we have the colleges, we have the educators, we have the school boards, we have students. We're trying to build more with parents. Uh, we have the unions there. We have trading, uh, training uh, in institutes. Uh, so what we want to bring everybody together is to try and be that connectivity, help people understand what the career paths are, what the educational paths are, what the support, uh, what, what support is available so that you can move forward once you've sparked your interest in that. And I, I know the minister was talking about reducing the time it takes to uh, administer and get an apprenticeship process. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of momentum going in the right direction. And I just wanted to say that we are 
pleased to support that, to build on that, and make sure that our success continues to increase as well. I did want to talk about but one comment on what Angelo said too about health and safety and what he uh, talked about as well, Patrick, and uh, that is uh, vital for our organization as well. That's one of the foundational skills that we require in all our contests and all the work that we do. If you uh, would have won a gold medal, uh, but you did not follow the health and safety rules, you're disqualified. Uh, we have that, again, as the foundation on all our skills, all the activities that we do. We have to make sure young people are aware of what the health and safety requirements are and ensure that they're followed. Uh, we have partners from uh, the WSIB, IHSA, WSPS, and others that help us make sure that everything we do follows the health and safety protocols and that young people are making sure they're aware of them and following them and that they take that when they enter the world of work as well. Yeah, you know, I, you guys are 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 definitely uh, uh, well aligned. I think with what uh, STO is going to is trying to do, right, Ian? Because I, one of the points I picked up uh, uh, in Minister McNaughton's comments was, you know, th th that big emphasis on the the marketing and outreach uh, side of it. Um, and I believe, um, uh, actually, I'm not sure what Mike Sherrard's role at STO is. I think he's president or chair or something like chair. that. He's chair. And he's chair, and he's and he's also on your board, right? So yes, yeah. you guys are going to be working very closely together. No, no, no doubt on getting that message out, right? I, 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 I posted around. I, I threw it around on LinkedIn a little while ago. Uh, somebody had posted a picture of a, a poster uh, that was on the wall of a high school. Uh, someone had put outside the shop class. And it just said, um, you know, think you need to go to university to have a good career. Uh, here's the pay rates for skilled trades, you know, in, and this was an American, it was some jurisdiction down there, but it wasn't that different. And, uh, and you know, the, the numbers were, are, would be eye popping to a, to a high school student, uh, for sure. And, um, it, you know, it's just, it's just that simple you know, message that, 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 you know, you're not, you're not in some dead end thing that, you know, you're, you're, you're never going to be able to make any money at, right, Ian? I mean, how are you, how are you guys, how are you guys getting that out there? I mean, is that, is that something you can just tell the, tell the kids directly? Yeah, yeah that, that's part of the message. It's about finding a career that you're passionate about, uh, that you enjoy, that you're uh, contributing and also you're being well rewarded from a compensation perspective. That's one of the questions that kids often ask is how much does an electrician make? How much does a plumber yeah. make? How much does a glazier make? That's what they want to know. And many people are surprised, particularly parents. Uh, so, uh, but it also opens doors as well. You become a skilled tradesperson, uh, and uh, some people want to do that for the rest of their career, but others say, I want to, I want to do that, but I also want to start a business. I also want to hire other people. Uh, to uh, to do other things. And, and uh, you know, a skilled trade career opens doors for you as well. Some people say, oh, it's great for people that want to work with their hands, which is true, but they also want to work with their minds. Uh, you know, these are jobs that are for people that have the the, the intelligence. You still need to have the, the science, the math to do many of these these, these functions. So it's, uh, it's not so something that uh, you say, oh, well, you should go to university. Everybody should be aware of all the career paths. And we should be encouraging young people in school to explore all of those and choose one that they go for and take the classes. The average age of someone starting an apprenticeship in Ontario, I think, is 28. What we want to do and what the ministry wants to do, what everybody would like to do is, well, if you're interested in, in, in that career, be aware of it earlier so you, you, you can start earlier. So you can start uh, the educational process. You can become an apprentice. You can become a journey person. And you can start earning uh, early on in your career uh, really healthy compensation packages. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many times I've heard that story. 
of, uh, of, of, of the guy comes out of high school, everyone's told him he's got to go to, uh, and I'm, and I'm saying he, because it is, it, it does seem more prevalent in men. Um, um, and he says he has to go to university. He does the university thing. And, and 10 years later, he's going, you know, I, I never really, I never really wanted to be on this track. And, and that's when they go and become an apprentice and, and start, and start trying to start trying to change direction. So yeah, it would be wonderful to, um, to, uh, to be able to promote that earlier. Brett, um, tell me a little, you, you mentioned, you mentioned OCOT briefly, uh, as we went through the old Ontario College of Trades. In your view, what was wrong with that regime? Or I, I mean, I mean, the, the, the complaints, you know, seem this deep. Uh, I'm, I'm gesturing with my hands for those of us who can't see, uh, 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 you know, but I, but I mean, in, in your view, what was, what, why did that, why did that regime not work out? What, what needed to change there? Well, I'll be honest. It, I, it never crossed my desk. It never affected me. Um, hmm. And uh, some of the complaints that I heard is that, you know, uh, the, the inspectors that they had or the enforcement agents that they had out there were causing nothing but problems. And uh, again, you, we all heard the rumors and things like that, but it didn't really affect me. And I didn't see the positive that I'm hoping to see on what the changes are with Skilled Trades Ontario. Uh, now, it's still wait and see type thing. Um, I have two high school age students uh, or children right now, and uh, they're both in high school. Um, uh, I'm interested to hear, uh, you know, uh, Ian mentioned the app. Um, obviously, got to be difficult to uh, connect with high school students right now during a pandemic. Uh, everything is basically online. They're online in school. So, I mean, before pre-pandemic, you'd probably, you know, host like a trade show or an info day or something like that, where, you know, they get all the kids together in a gymnasium, tell them about the trades maybe. Um, but now you're, you're, you know, trying to use technology. Cause I know as we all are probably addicted to our phones, I know I am, and I know my kids are. Uh, so having an app is, is an interesting idea. Uh, and that's the first I've actually heard of it. Um, I actually, in preparation for this, I actually talked to both of my kids, uh, which is a strange thing these days, but uh, talked to both my kids and uh, asked them, I said, you know, has anybody ever talked to you about the trades? Has anybody ever, uh, you know, reached out to you? Have you heard anything? Have you seen any of these signs? And their both response was no. So that intrigued me because, I mean, I love the idea that, you know, that Monty, uh, Mr. McNaughton there mentioned, you know, his three pillars, right? That you know, he wants to end the stigma, find trades. That's awesome wants to, you know, simplify the apprenticeship program. Again, sounds good. And then getting employers to hire these apprentices, that also sounds good. But I think the key is, what, as you mentioned, these youth, getting them in there at a younger age, uh, Ian, you mentioned as well, we'd love to see them, you know, in that, uh, you know, 18 to 25 range uh, rather than the, you know, uh, 30 to 40 range. I mean, the sooner we can get them in, sooner get them in train, uh, get them trained, get them uh, making more money, um, I think it's a great idea. So, I mean, for, for myself, the, uh, uh, the, Ont uh, Ontario college of trades never affected me. Uh, I never, you know, seen or heard much from them and it seemed very disorganized and I, I can kind of see why it happened. I think there's, uh, a lot of, uh, I think, uh, Monty went into it as well, talking about the, the board, you know, you know, a 21 person board versus I think a, like a 10 or 11 person board now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a difference there is that, uh, you know, sometimes a smaller board I think is better. Um, Cause I mean, you get enough 
you know, enough people in a room, it sometimes causes problems. So I think uh, they seem disorganized. And I think this is, this seems more organized, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, as a crown agency, it's, it's, it's better, I think. So we'll see. At least they're like the, the, the thing that I think was trying to happen there was that they were trying to centralize authority uh, for uh, all of all of these different trades and, and, and all of these different things. And, and, but but your point, like you hit the nail on the head, right? If if it isn't something that 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 an employer even needs even needs to be aware of or, or, or that is a, that, that, that is an impact, right? What the hell's the point? Like, what value is it delivering, right? If now now if you were in a mandatory trade, you had to deal with the college and, and, and that was, you know, that, that, that makes everything different, but, but you know, that it, it wasn't delivering a lot of value in the glaciers. Angelo, back to you, the, 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 the training aspect of it is, 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 is interesting to me. And, and uh, uh, McNaughton was very, was very keen on, on, on that point as well, that, that wanted the, the, to be a strong training element. Um, the constant complaint, or, or I, I think one of the barriers that's been out there for for years, is is employers getting apprentices through this uh, process uh, and 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 out the other end, and and the investment of time and and, and effort to train somebody uh, up to the level to be a journeyman. Um, it, it was something that wasn't always happening, and of course, a lot of the concern on the employer side was that the minute these guys get trained, they're just going to leave. Um, now, is 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 there anything? That, that you think um, Skilled Trades Ontario and, and what McNaughton was talking about is doing that's going to somehow break that log jam, break, like, like break that chicken and egg situation? Um, or, or is it really going to remain a, a process of if you're going to be an apprentice and you're going to go and become a journeyman glazier, you're basically going to have to go through the union. Is there any, do, do you see any sort of uh, uh, resolution of those, that thing? Um, I, I think the best driver of that is through the union, but then there is the, uh, there's the training center, I think was it Conestoga college, right. That, that is open to all, all camps. I didn't see any, uh, glazers, uh, glazer training in there, but maybe it'll be there one day for the open shop. Um, you know, the coming through a central portal of, someone like a union, it's a little bit more ideal because, you know, it goes through the same funnel. Uh, when you have multiple funnels, as long as they're say, uh, following the same rules, I would, uh, I would say, Hey, you know what, have at it and, and let everyone do it as long as they're following the same rules and same training curriculum and the same, uh, rigorous health and safety requirements and set up shop for, uh, to be able to train these apprentices. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't really have a, a clear cut answer. Actually. I just, if, if it was able to be, if I was able to get quality workers, like Brett, you, it jumped right out at me when you said, I want a well-rounded guy that, you know, that I could pair up with a young guy or a young girl, whatever, and, and train them. I, unfortunately, I have a very bad feeling that those people are just, aren't can exist in the next five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, unless you really have someone that is, uh, you know, is just a go-getter and someone that uh, is good at everything you do, whether it's a sliding door, a, a hung door, a curtain wall, a mirror, 
that's next to impossible that I, that I could find. And, uh, hence the reason why I said, if you need a cocker, you get a cocker. If you need a, uh, a curtain wall guy, you go get a curtain wall guy. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of the union is it's a bit of a more of a flexible workforce. You don't want to bring guys in and then send them away two weeks. It's not what I'm all about. And unfortunately that's what a, the, the, that's what the feeling is with a lot of these guys. And I don't agree. Um, I would, but going back to the training aspect of it, I, I would just, I would support anyone that just is continuously training people and putting out quality workers, really uh, union, non-union, mm-hmm. um, as long as they're all on the same, uh, on the same level of putting out quality workers. Yeah, we got to go work on Conestoga to get uh, get a commercial glazing program in there. Eh? That's uh, that uh, that that would be a that would be a big component of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, what um, you know to 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 Angelo's point about uh, about the 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 next generation, it, it, you know, is it the case that as you're seeing working with all these young people all the time that uh, they're 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 just as a is a lower level of interest, or is it the case that it's this lack of information and 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 like like brett says they go all the way through high school and no one ever says the word trades to them um is that um is that really at the core of this and if and if more uh, more kids were aware they would uh you know those those people angelo was talking about those go-getters might emerge and look and look at that at, at the trades as the way to go uh, that's my 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 view, Patrick. I think that uh, once they are aware, once they see what these opportunities are, they get excited. Uh, we do surveys. So when we go into the schools, we do a survey and we get a very positive response from the young people. They say 95% are, are more interested and would now consider a trade uh, as a career choice because they didn't know about it before. So we work with, uh, with the education systems. There's a lot of great partners that we have, such as OEAP. A schism, dual credits, uh, trying to get the information to the students. I think, uh, and I think we've done a great job collectively, but there's still a lot more to do. Uh, it's disappointing to hear that uh, students say, hey, I didn't get anybody talking to me about a skilled trade or technology career. Uh, but, uh, I, and I think, well, that just shows us what the opportunity is, why we have to continue uh, to do that. And I think Skilled Trades Ontario will help with that. One of their priorities is the uh, the promotion and marketing of this and uh, skills ontario is doing that so i see them as a natural partner for us to build an even stronger relationship uh, to realize more success as we move forward i think another goal for them is to simplify the, the the system you know if somebody wants to become an apprenticeship how do you help them how do you help them find uh, an employer how do you help them get through the uh, the bureaucratic requirements of becoming an apprentice and moving forward to become a, a, a journey person. We also want to engage more in the business community so that they're able to do more training. Many small businesses, and I was from the manufacturing sector for 30 years working uh, for a manufacturing association, and I heard for 30 years, one of our top issues is we can't find the skilled workers that we need. How do we do that? And I heard your comment about uh, somebody earlier that you, well, we, we can't train them because if we train them, they leave. And uh, the best rebut I heard to that was, well, only thing worse than training someone and having them leave is not training them and having them stay. Because <laughs> how are you going to realize the full potential of that individual and your company's productivity? So I think we need to support more for training that companies can do and, and let, make it easier for them to find the apprentices, to find the workers that they need for the future. And again, I, we see ourselves as kind of that uh, road, uh, that pathway, that connectivity to help link young 
that are looking for a career with employers and businesses and others that are looking for their workforce for the future. And, the, and that future is going to have an awful lot of opportunities. Uh, there's uh, as a 25% of the manufacturing sector workers will be retiring by 2030. Uh, huge shortfalls in the construction sector. And if you look at the Conference Board of Canada, I think in Ontario, there'll be about a quarter of a million to 300,000 uh, jobs that are left open uh, by 2030, uh, unless we do more to encourage young people and to deal with this uh, more strategically from a public policy perspective as well, which is beyond our conversation today. Yeah, and, and that you know that that that's that that point is well taken. It, you know, it, it's it's it was more about moving uh, moving people through the process. Uh, uh, with the apprenticeship and, and just doing the tests and doing the paperwork and coming out the other end, you know, it's not that people weren't getting trained. It's just that they, you know, it, it, it was never going yeah. through. And I think that was a big part of McNaughton's focus is, has, has been to streamline a lot of that and to try to uh, try to make it easier and sort of a, sort of a one call uh, type of situation with any luck at all. Um, Brad, another thing uh, uh, Monty talked about was um was uh, enforcement and uh, I guess hiring uh, quite a lot of inspectors. Uh, my experience has been that um, uh, uh, companies don't mind enforcement as long as it's evenly uh, and, and consistently done uh, uh, across the board. Um, what has what, what your experience been with, um, with uh, 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 I guess, any sort of enforcement from the ministry? And well, I guess, I guess given that the Glazier trade isn't, isn't mandatory, there, there wouldn't be too much going on with uh, with all of that, right? So um, I, I suppose somebody could have could have fake credentials. I don't know. I think my problem, and I'm going to jump back a little bit because I think my problem with with the inspectors has ever been that uh, their knowledge on the industry that they're inspecting. I think that uh, you know they, what I see is you know uh, I related to some home inspectors and things like that. They have a general knowledge of everything. But I think within the industries, I, I run into issues and there's been job sites where the Ministry of Labor showed up and, you know, I've had to show up there and explain things to the, the inspector. And then once you have a conversation with them, they're like, oh, OK, I didn't realize that. And, you know, but uh, my, my big thing and jumping back is I think uh, uh, being selfish about this whole thing about the skilled trades Ontario is. Um, it, how is it going to affect me and my industry? Right. Um, because we're not one of the 23 compulsory uh, trades. Um, so I think the skilled trades that, uh, that Ian talked about in the training is going to be great to help your electricians, your plumbers, uh, you know, HVAC techs, things that are, are required uh, to be certified. Um, and those are going to push a lot of students into those careers. But I don't see... Uh, them pushing them into our career. And uh, I'm not sure, um, uh, Angelo, you, you mentioned training, but I think, it, again, with the union, I think it's, it's general training. You know, I'm not seeing uh, training uh, being done uh, for Glazers, you know, for, you know, there's, there's been uh, certain things around, but nothing that's certified, nothing that's um, required. You know, and I'd like to see something like that happen in our industry that that isn't there yet. So my, my fear and, and is that this is a great program, but I think it's leaving out a lot of the voluntary trades. So a lot of the, you know, there, I think uh, uh, Minister McNaughton mentioned, I think there was like over 140 trades, but there's only like 23 that are compulsory. So right. those are who's going to be helped in this. The ones that 
you know, uh, you're going to push the people into being a plumber and an electrician, but I'm not seeing it. Um, it's not going to be as uh, favorable to push somebody in to be an architectural glass and metal technician. It's just not, you know, it's a red seal trade. It's, but nobody's really talking about the glazers. So selfishly, that's my concern um, is that I see this program uh, and this new, you know, uh, skilled trade uh, trades Ontario is going to really help uh, the, the industry as a whole but I think it's only going to help a small portion of it. And I, I think it's leaving out a lot. So that would be my only concern about the, the program. Right. Uh, but, uh, but again, I, I think that there, there are a lot of positives. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, there is something there. You mentioned Conestoga. I'm hoping that there's other things there as well to help union and non-union glazers uh, mm -hmm. uh, become better trained. Right. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, we have to get on the platform, first of all. We have to be uh, compulsory, recognized, so Ian could go and talk to these kids about, uh, hey, there is a glazer trade, you, and, and get excited about that. We're, I envision a job fair where you have everyone there, all the, compulsory, all the compulsory trades, and then we have the glazers in the corner saying, hey, we're over here, uh, come check out our booth type. So we're, cl speaking. we're clearly the cool kids though, Angelo, that we're the cool. Kids. <laughs> yeah. The ones who want to be at the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was chomping at the bit to say, we have to get on the platform in order to be, uh, uh, get promoted. Absolutely. Why, why can't, why, why can't that just happen? I, well, I, I mean, like, I, I think there's, is there a diversity of opinion there, a Angelo? Uh, <laughs> I guess maybe I'm putting that uh, mildly. <laughs> no, you know, I, many years ago, uh, naive, the best way to approach anything is from a naive perspective where you don't know and you ask the question. So uh, the Red Seal, how come, like, you know, why can't we be a compulsory trade? And it came back to me, and I think it came back from the West, uh, from Alberta area. Yeah. And it was basically, we have ton of people in other trades which comprise 80 percent of the trade workforce who we're going to focus on first then we'll come back and we'll pick up the glazers and all the other trades which make up the other 20 percent so they're going for the lion's share first uh, to get those all, all organized and set up and then they're going to circle back what's that going to be i asked that question probably over five years ago so you know it's it's okay. uh, it's it only it's only going to be a matter of time, but we're going to always be at the back of the list, and we're going to be behind the eight ball because Ian said it, uh, McNaughton said it. We have a five-year window to get apprentices into uh, into some kind of credible training and and knowledge that they could carry the the torch. Hmm. I um. It, it was in the press conference that I was in. It was not in my conversation with uh, McNaughton, um, but they did. Uh, uh, actually, I asked a question or, or somebody asked a question about uh, about uh, mandatory trades uh, in that. And the um, the answer was very cautious. Uh, it was, uh, I believe it was Mike Sherrard, actually, who, who made the point, uh, you know, that they were going to move very deliberately and thoughtfully about uh, naming new mandatory trades, uh, which wasn't, I, I think, what we wanted to hear. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. Ian, do you think, um, do you think the, uh, the Glacier trade would be uh, uh, 
more uh, attractive to kids uh, if it if it was a mandatory trade? I, I I don't know. I have to be honest uh, and say I, I'm not sure. You know what uh, what impact that would have. Uh, I I think uh, it could benefit though from being more in front of the kids. How do we make sure that we're uh, we're engaging with uh, with the Glacier community with with you folks better, mm-hmm. making sure they're aware of what these opportunities are. There's 144 trays plus a whole lot of other technology related careers that we put forward. So some of them get higher profile, some of them get uh, more interest but it's making sure that we're making that connectivity again and letting young people know, hey, this is a trade you might want to do. This is what maybe, and I said, we have a whole series of videos coming out from alumni and what, the, what career paths they've chosen. Maybe there's some follow-up here that uh, Skills Ontario needs to do with, uh, with you and the Glazier uh, organizations to make sure that we are highlighting this, that we have enough information that we can continue to promote all careers uh, in skilled trades, but also when they do have an interest, how do we make sure that they're aware of these particular ones uh, and make sure that that information is part of what we're promoting as well. Well, there, there's your promise, guys, uh, that we can take back to the OGMA, that uh, when uh, Ian does his next uh, big uh, career fair, uh, uh, trades fair, the Glaciers are going to be front and center and possibly up on a stage of some kind with lights and, and, and music maybe, Ian? As long as there's we- no pole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, the, yeah, no, yeah, we won't do that. <laughs> but Ian, we, we got your, we got your promise on that one. Well, you have my commitment to, uh, to, to work, to find solutions that get the uh, young people more aware of uh, skilled trade careers, particularly in uh, the glacier industries. Yeah. yeah, that's, 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 I think, uh, it, I think it makes sense. I mean, I think my concern and, and as we talked about, I think is, you know, if a mechanic requires it to, you know, to fix your brakes, well, you know, glaciers yeah. could require it. To put up a two-story curtain wall or a railing system to protect a you know a child from falling. I mean, these are perfect examples that we've seen and that it should be um, you know an easy discussion to have. I'm gonna tell but you, it's it, actually it's actually a pretty cool trade uh, uh, for for the right mentality of of person. Um, I mean, I've got some, I've got some great pictures and I'm sure you guys too, of, you know, guys way up, you know, <laughs> 50 stories high, uh, 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 putting a, putting a glass on and, uh, you know, a certain adventurous young person, uh, uh, would, uh, could look at that and say, wow, that, that would be cool to be able to do. Um, you know, so it's, uh, there, there's, there's, there's a, a bit of a, there's a sexy element to it that, uh that uh, could be probably I've been saying that for years, Patrick, Definitely yeah, the, the sexiest people in the construction. I know. <laughs> you, know what's, you know, what's funny though. You, you ask somebody, you ask anybody on the street, you talked about the, you know, the, the average Joe, they don't know what a glazer is. No, nope. the only way people get into being a glazer is a, they know somebody that is a glazer uh, and B they're in the trades already. And they see a glazer on a job site. But, you know, you don't see kids coming out of school, you know, uh, saying, I want to be a Glazer. You don't see, you know, kids in their early 20s saying, I want to be a Glazer because they don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just not a common, it's just not a common trade. And I think that's, that's a stigma that we have to change. That's what the OGMA has to change. That's what, you know, uh, us owners and people within the trades, uh, the glazing trade need to change that image ourselves. Yeah. Well, at least now it looks like uh, I would say we uh, we certainly at the present have someone at Queens Park that uh, that's aligned with that uh, particular mission. Uh, 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 Monty and McNaughton was uh, 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 passionate about that and 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 hit that message very hard. I think his I think his different points 
that he uh, that he brought up his three pillars. Uh, uh, you know, it sounded like he had been talking very directly uh, to uh, to people like Angelo, you and you and Brett, and uh, and and getting your getting your input. So um, it, it's a uh, it, at least at least that's a that's that's a hopeful sign, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll see if we'll see if all of this bears fruit. Um, you know what uh, is the always the the butt end of every joke is how come a hairstylist is a compulsory trade and right. not a glazer? We should right. have really jumped on the bandwagon if if it didn't happen already. I'm not sure when all the glass was falling out from the balconies years ago. Yeah, uh, 2013 or 12 or whatever that was. Yeah, uh, we should have really pushed hard to be a compulsory trade and and made that mandatory then. Yeah. 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 I, I think, uh, I think, well, you know what, you know, let's start again, I guess that, that you know, uh, uh, you've got a, you've got a receptive ear there now, uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, in Toronto and, uh, and maybe, uh, maybe the time is, is now to, uh, to open up that, that question again, especially with all the, with all the changes that have been going on. So, uh, anyways, guys, uh, we, uh, we've, we've been at this a long time. That, that was a great conversation. Um, I want to thank, uh, uh, each of you uh, for joining us uh, on Glass Talk. I hope that this is something we can do again, maybe sometime. Uh, Ian Howe, Cross Skills Ontario, Brett Lucier, Provincial Glass, Angelo Cairo, Stovall Glass. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Much appreciated. Thanks. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for listening to Glass Talk. You can find this episode at glasscanadamag.com or on the major podcasting services. Glass Talk is a presentation of Glass Canada Magazine and Annex Business Media.